0: Rebecca and Lily and you're listening to Just, Just Ghouly, Ghouly Things, things. Ooh. Ooh. hey boo thanks, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things the quarantine spooky story special episode 42 and we are your beautiful hosts Rebecca and Lily hey. So I hope you guys are all having an awesome week. It is super rainy here in New Jersey. Oh, Um, so bad. But I just saw on the weather, it says Saturday is supposed to be 70, 70 degrees by us. So no way. Yeah. So definitely taking out the rollerblades and gonna try to learn how to rollerblade again, since I haven't done it since I was eight eight years old. And I've been having like this weird thing where like I look at stuff online and then I start impulsively buying it because I feel like I can master it during this time of quarantine. So (laughs) now my project is to master rollerblades. So
1: you could become, you could do roller derby.
0: You know what? I was actually looking up videos of that because I was looking up how to break. And so this roller derby girl like has like a YouTube and she was like explaining how to do different types of breaks. And I guess there's three different types of breaks. And I realized that I thought I knew how to break. But then I remembered that like when I used a roller blade, I would just stop by like banging into things. So I never actually learned how to break. So I've been trying to practice that. So we'll see how that goes. Um, If you don't hear back from me by Monday, I probably died trying to (laughs) rollerblade. So stay tuned for that. Um, Oh, yeah. And thank you guys so much for, like, all of your emails and submissions of different stories. We love when you link us different articles on anything paranormal. It
1: makes me so happy.
0: Yeah, it really does. And it just shows that you guys, you know, are actually, like, listening to the podcast and are really into the topic just as much as we are. And we love love not only informing you guys, but you guys informing us because, you know, we aren't, you know, we aren't the smartest people in the paranormal community. Yeah. I mean, we're working on it, we're getting there, (laughs) but um, with your help, you know, we can just educate more people on different aspects of the paranormal, so um, let's get started with the stories, because one of the stories I'm going to be talking about today is um, something that was submitted by one of our listeners yesterday, so. Okay.
1: This one is called My Experience in Japan Last Year.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: So I've only told the story to a few folks that I'm close with, but I believe I had a paranormal experience during my work trip to Japan last year. Back in September of 2019, I was staying in the town of I'm going to butcher this. Sag Sa- Sagamihara, Sagamihara. Could be worse. In the Kanagawa prefecture.
0: Mhm. Could be worse the way that you described that. I think that was a pretty good pronunciation.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, we were in a hotel for three weeks, no biggie. The pay was nice, and the mattress was firm. I slept pretty well. One particular night, there was a huge rainstorm rolling through, the tail end of monsoon season. I called it a night around nine p.m. as I had work, the, uh, as I had work in the morning. I distinctly remember weather sirens going off, which I thought was odd. But hey, new country—they handle things differently. Around 1 a.m., however, I was woken up by my door opening and the hallway light flooding into my room. Mind you, there are only two keys to each room, and they're physical keys, not key cards. One is held at the desk as a spare, and the other is given to guests, then returned to the front desk before departing for the day so the staff can clean and do their business. As the door opens, I hear wet, sobbing footsteps approaching my bed the door is still open at this point and footsteps draw nearer which should have been impossible considering the length of the hall hallway and the distance to my bed the footsteps reach the foot of the bed stop then turn around and walk away i was too groggy to feel feel fear but alert enough to not dare roll over and see what it was the next morning i approached, approached the front desk and asked in broken japanese if the staff did any nightly checks or room cleaning that late The lady looked bewildered and confused and told me no, only during the day, when the guests are gone to clean. I brush it off and go to work as normal. When I return for the day, I notice that there's a chain bolt on the door with a character on it. I decide to pull out my phone and translate it, but I didn't realize it was upside down. When the translation came through, it just said, Ward. Needless to say, I put that bolt back on that door any time I was in the room for the rest of the trip. I didn't want to find out if it would happen again. To this day, I still think about it and wonder what it really was, but I'll likely never know and have an interesting story to tell folks. Thanks for reading.
0: Ooh, this just sparked an idea for me. We should do an Mm -hmm. episode on just Japanese paranormal experiences because they really do have a long line of history. And, um, you know, obviously like any other country, good and bad. And it seems like there are a lot of stories, though, that are based in japan that like um whether it's like like evil spirit games that were created in japan or Mm -hmm. um just like old traditions of people that have passed on and you know how they still walk the earth um like different different creepy paranormal things that are based around japan i think would be such a cool and interesting episode where we can both learn a lot Um, yeah because that just sounds like a really, really creepy story as it is, and that was just someone's random encounter. Um, you don't even know the history yeah, no, behind that we place. Yeah, was just
1: stumbled upon. We weren't even looking for it.
0: Yeah, so um, I think that's that would be a really cool one. That's uh, sorry, I just had that in my head. But uh, what do you think of what do you think of this encounter?
1: I don't know. I mean, I don't think it was a misunderstanding because hotels, like, if a hotel was just willy-nilly giving out the wrong key to people, it wouldn't still be open.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Y- you know what I mean? Um, so I think there's definitely something there, a ghost probably. I wonder what the history was there.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting the to know. The world may what, never
1: know. Right.
0: It'd be interesting to know what hotel it was, because maybe in that room that's where someone died something or happened. something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my next experience encounter um is involving a listener submission. Uh, shout out to Melinda. Hey, Melinda. And this is called The Legend of the Cornish Owlman. So I'm reading this from a link that she sent us. Um, It's called thelineup.com. But before I do that, I'm just going to read you real quick um, her email she sent us. And she goes, hey, girls, so sorry for the delay in sending this story to y'all. I've been preparing for finals all week. I shall be graduating in December after an internship. Oh, congratulations. Uh Uh-huh. And I've started reading those books, The Haunting of Dylan Claypool, and I'm in deep. They're so good. So James, you have a new fan of the Haunting of Dylan Claypool series. Uh, I told you guys they're really good books. You guys shouldn't go pick them up. But um, and then she goes anyway. Here's the owl. The article I ran across about the Owl Man. So um, let me show you Lily real quick, so you have an idea of what people have seen in regards to the Owl Man. This is what it looks like. I'll post on our Instagram. Oh God! Creepy, right? That's, and I don't fuck with owls, though. So an owl man, uh-uh. Owls are, owls are technically birds, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to make sure. <laughs> My Ramapo college education taught me so well. Okay. Um, so. <laughs>
1: it's okay, you're pretty. You got that
0: <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. So, um. A very weird thing happened over the Easter weekend, paranormal researcher Tony Doc Shields said in a letter written in 1976. He went on to describe the first known appearance of the creature known as the Cornish Owlman, or the Owlman of Maunen, named for the village in Cornwall near where it was observed. According to Shields, he had been approached by a man named Don Melling, who had been visiting the Cornwall area on vacation. Melling's two young daughters, 12-year-old June and 9-year-old Vicky, had been walking through the woods near the church at Maunen, when they saw a strange creature hovering over the church tower. The sighting frightened them so much that the family decided to cut their vacation short. Shields wrote that he was sure the man wasn't just making it up. Melling wouldn't allow Shields to interview either of the girls, though he did give Shields a sketch that June had made of the creature. And um, I'll also post this. It was the picture that uh, June had created of of the man that, It does kind of resemble like a bat sort of owl thing. Um, You see very large wings, um, but the body of the being itself is very humanoid besides the face. That's terrifying. Yeah. So the story from Shield's letter was published in a pamphlet called Morgar, the Monster of Falmouth Bay. Uh, it came out that same year, and two readers of the pamphlet were teenagers Sally Chapman and Barbara Perry. While camping in the woods near the church in Wanan, the girls reported hearing a hissing sound and seeing a creature outside of their tent that looked like an owl but was as big as a man. They then contacted Shields, to whom they described the creature. It was like a big owl with pointed ears as big as a man, Chapman said. The eyes were glowing red, and at first I thought it was someone dressed up playing a joke trying to scare us. I laughed at it. We both did. Then it went up in the air and we both screamed. When it went up, you could see its feet were like pinchers. Shields and both girls draw their own illustrations of the owlman. He then concluded that the images were similar enough to one from June Melling to confirm that the likely existence of this creature, but different enough to ensure that the girls hadn't collaborated with June. Both of the teens wrote additional notes underneath their drawings. Sally Chapman said, among other things, I saw this monster bird last night. So what S.H.I.E.L.D. is doing in this situation was he wanted to make sure that there was no connection between these girls and June. So he yeah. had them create, uh, you know, draw what they had seen, and they were very creepily similar in comparison. So it kind of validates that whatever this being is, it's there, and people are seeing it. So, um... So then according to Jonathan Downs, the author of The Owlman and Others, a young woman only identified as Miss Opie claimed to see a monster like a devil flying up through the trees near the old Monan Church in 1978. Shields closed his 1976 letter with the words, quote, I really don't know what to think. It's as if a whole load of weirdness has been let loose in the Falmouth area since last autumn, end quote. According to Downs, the period between autumn 1975 and spring of 1977 was indeed filled with a load of weirdness in southern Cornwall. Droughts, floods, heat waves, mobs of feral cats, and flocks of birds beating themselves to death against the walls of a woman's house were all reported by residents. There were even claims of of teleporting cows. UFO sightings increased in the area, as did the signs of Margar, the Cornish sea serpent from whom the 1976 pamphlet drew its name. Reports of the Cornish Owlmen, however, weren't just limited to this odd period of time. Downs claimed to have interviewed a young man who saw the Owlmen with his girlfriend. He described it as much as the girls had in earlier years, noting that the eyes definitely glowed. Then, in 1995, a woman from Chicago who was vacationing in Cornwall wrote in the Western Morning News reporting that she had seen, quote, "...with a ghastly face, wide mouth, glowing eyes, and pointed ears." These later encounters are significant, as they are some of the only reports of the owlman that aren't linked in some way with Shields. Some some believe the whole thing was a hoax perpetrated by Shields himself. A more mundane explanation is that the owlman is just a particularly large eagle owl, owl which can grow to be more than two feet long with a six-foot wingspan. For students of yeah, Which is scary enough. It doesn't matter whether it's a human or not. <laughs> Any bird that big is just a big no-no. So for students of cryptozoology, the Cornish Owlman remains an intriguing puzzle, similar to the West Virginia Mothman. As Downs writes himself... Oh, hey, right? man, We did an episode on that! <laughs> Check it out! Um, we are left now with what devotees of TV game shows would no doubt call the $64,000 question. Does the Owlman exist? And if it does, what is it? So I did find it very interesting in this article how, you know, it seems that when the Owlman first came out, there was a lot of weird things happening in that area as well. Yeah. And so I immediately thought of the Mothman before they even made note of the Mothman being very similar. But Mm -hmm. it seems that not only was the Mothman seen in this period from 1976 to 1978... But it was also seen in 1995 and other years, separated from the late 70s. Yeah. So could it be the same? Could it be the same owlman that was identified in the late 70s? Or could it be kind of like the theories of Mothman that are still relevant to this day of saying that maybe it's like um, relative to owlman and it's like maybe something in the same family, but it's not the exact owlman. Yeah that was reported in the seventies and maybe of some sort of relation to it.
1: If there was a whole ass family of these things, <laughs> <laughs> I am fucking out. I am done. <laughs> if there's a whole family of owl people, uh, no, not happening. Thank you. Next.
0: I currently want to Google what, um, I currently want to Google, um, looking up owl costumes or bird costumes and next time i see you i'm just gonna wear it the whole time
1: no <laughs> could you imagine the nope that would happen <laughs> just the world's biggest nope i am gonna nope look, the i'm fuck currently out there. looking
0: on amazon all right so <laughs> lily what is your next story
1: my next story is called bizarre experience i still remember from kindergarten okay This was over 20 years ago, and I still think about it from time to time. I don't think I've ever mentioned it to anyone, so this could very well be the first time. I was in my kindergarten class during our playtime and tripped over a box of toys and scraped my legs against the sharp metal edge of a little chalkboard that was set up on the ground. I knew when it happened, it was going to be a big cut, so I nervously looked down at my thigh. I remember not seeing blood, but a shitload of bluish, slightly purplish liquid flowing everywhere all over my thigh, like a lot, almost as if I had a severe leg wound but the blood was this thick blue purple goop instead obviously I panicked and quickly covered my thigh with my pant leg and was kind of stunned not knowing what to do I didn't scream or call the teacher to or or call the teacher or call for help I just kind of froze in fear a few seconds later I finally got the courage to look down again and there's nothing there no cut no blood no blue purple stuff no stains of it on my thighs or pants nothing just my normal thigh I was shocked and took a minute to compose myself before going back to doing whatever I was doing, but I can distinctly remember this happening and can still see it to this day in my head. I have no idea what that blood all over my thigh was, and I have no idea how it all just disappeared without a trout of trace. Definitely the most bizarre thing I've ever experienced. The end. What the fuck? <laughs> Glitch in the Matrix, Baby!
0: I feel like we're hearing so many more glitch in the matrix stories or we're identifying more stories with the glitch in the matrix, which I think is crazy because I Mm -hmm. really, the more that I'm reading these stories, the more and more I believe that there are glitches in the matrix, that it's a real concept. That's a real thing. Yeah. But yeah. So. Yeah. And how long ago was this? 20. She said 20 20 years ago, 20 years ago.
1: It said over twenty years ago in kindergarten, so probably about our age.
0: Wow! And to remember that experience like she did, mm-hmm. that's just significant. And the fact that it was something that maybe there's a lesson to be learned behind it. You know what I mean?
1: Maybe there's a message behind it. Ooh. Ooh. We may never
0: know. <laughs> okay. So, this one I have is titled... You know, I'll do this one. Okay. I volunteered after Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, and there was something there that still scares me to this day. Okay, here it goes. I have a medical background and a certification I rarely use, though I keep going back and paying to renew it. Anyhow, I, re- I volunteered almost immediately thinking I would help those who saved... who have lived through Katrina. That was not the case, though. There were few of us who were assigned once the water started to recede to find houses that had dead bodies in them. Oh, God. That is traumatic. So if you've ever had to do a body recovery when it has been lying around in the heat and the water for days, sometimes weeks at a time, you know how it smells. It does sort of smell like any other dead carcass, but worse. I can't explain it. Maybe somehow sweeter smelling. Anyway, the key to not vomiting when you smell them is Vicks. In, under, and around the bottom of your nose. It doesn't keep all the smell out, but enough until you can at least tolerate the smell without vomiting. We had to go to each house and go inside in wading boots and look for bodies. Many of them washed out to sea, but some were still in the houses they had lived in prior to the hurricane. If we found a body, we spray-painted a big X on the outside of the house. This other guy and I had been doing it for a while, and we got assigned to each other almost every day. We got along okay, and he didn't vomit at the ones that had been gotten to. We came up to this old shack. I say shack because it was pretty run down and in what had been a very bad neighborhood. Right away, I got chills down my spine. I knew there was something really wrong with this place. Not like find a body kind of wrong, but a chilling kind of wrong. New Orleans has certain areas that just give off these vibes, and my understanding is there is a lot of voodoo practice in certain areas. Anyway, against everything my body was screaming at me, we went in the house. The first thing I could smell was a body. The second was something almost earthy and mold. I looked at my partner. I will call him Jay. He was white as a sheet. I could tell he was getting that same feeling I had been getting. It was obvious from the weird bones hanging from the ceiling. I would bet money they were cats. Something odd had been going down in this house, as well as strange beads and carvings and the bare wood in the walls. We went into what was a kitchen and there chained to a beam was an old lady or what was left of her. She had chained herself by her wrists. She had, yeah, she had chained herself by her wrists to the beam. Her guts were falling out on the floor. The creepiest thing was her face still looked as though she were alive and staring at us with a wicked smile showing only partial teeth. They were nubs. My skin started crawling as the goosebumps spread over my body and my neck hair stood up. Suddenly, I heard the most unearthly cackling noise I have ever heard in my life, and my flight or flight kicked in. Jay and I noped out of there. We quickly painted the X and literally ran to the next house. Now, I don't know if that old lady had practiced voodoo or whatever, but that scared the ever-living shit out of me. It still gives me nightmares. The people I feel sorry for are the ones who had to take that crazy lady out of there. Jay and I discussed it that night after we went back to the hotels north of there. He had heard the cackling, too, but we both said it had to have been the wind or something. That's a witch. That is, yeah, that is some witchy activity. And I think we have to make it clear that, like, not all witchcraft is bad. You know, some people practice and they use it for good. But this just Mm -hmm. gives me bad omens all over the place. And the yeah. fact that it looked like her face was still alive, even though her guts were coming out of her—yeah, I'm good on that. I'm good on that. <laughs> all right, Lily, what's your next story?
1: All right. So all my stories today are pretty short. Um, that's just what that's just what was available to me. So this one is called "Are You Ready?" Woman in a white, white dress.
0: Of course, because why wouldn't they be in a white dress? What were they expecting? A pink? <laughs> a green? <laughs> <laughs> a romper?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> woman in a romper? Okay.
1: Oh, I like that. Me and my friends were driving home from a show late one night, laughing and talking about how fun of a night we had. Going up a hill, and out of nowhere, this woman, woman is in quotes, this woman in a long prairie-esque white dress and long brown hair was standing in the middle of the road. Something about the angle of her head was weird seriously couldn't see her face and couldn't tell if she was facing forward or backwards because her feet were turned in a weird way as well we all checked in with each other we were definitely seeing the same thing and the fun vibe of the car ride got weirdly solemn she wasn't moving as our vehicle approached just standing still doing nothing so we slowed down a little bit obviously started started to wonder what was up with this woman one of my friends said nervously joking it's a ghost hit her then she literally disappeared. <laughs> we all saw it, and we looked everywhere on the side of the road and have no idea where she went. No visible bushes or cars or anything she could hide from. And it, w- and it wouldn't explain how she vanished in an instant before our eyes. We all still talk, talk about it, and even though we're all extremely skeptical people, we just yeah. can't figure out how that happened. How we all saw it, where she could have gone, etc. cetera. The end. <sighs> Hit it! <laughs> it's it's a ghost. Hit it. And then she just dips. It's like, ah, peace. Oh, God. I'd be like, I'd be like you're right. I am a ghost, but don't hit me. That's <laughs> probably what she was thinking. It was like, shit, they got me.
0: I just always find it amazing when you people experience this, these things with someone else and they're able to experience the same exact thing as you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where I don't get it. You know, where people are like huge skeptics where they have literally zero belief in the paranormal when there are experiences like this where there's more than one person encountering the same exact thing what are the odds that that's like something else exactly besides something that's paranormal like i mean i just don't get it like for people that i just i really can't wrap my mind around the concept that people don't believe in spirits when there are encounters (laughs) like this i really i really don't i really don't it's fucking nuts okay sorry had to go on that little rant all right So, my next story, which one I'm going to do? We'll do this one. My child sees me by her door, dot, 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 but I'm in my bed on the other side of the house. Ooh, ooh, spooky, kooky, ooky already. Mm -hmm. So, my 12-year-old has had this happen twice. The first time, she said it didn't really scare her. She was tired and thought it was weird. She had just rolled over in her bed and fell asleep. She asked me the next morning what I was doing at her door the previous night. It freaked me out. Here's what she said. She told me that she had seen me crawling on my hands and knees toward her bedroom door, and when I got to her door, I stopped, lifted my head, and just smiled at her. She said I just stayed like that, and she was tired, so she flipped over in her bed and went to sleep. Fuck no. The second time (laughs) it happened was just the other night. This time, she said her bedroom door was closed, And she was in her walk-in closet and heard her door open. She looked out toward her door and seen me standing there just staring at her. She said it freaked her out because my eyes were open really big. She also said I would not respond to her, and she came out of her closet to see what was wrong with me, and I had disappeared. She ran into my bedroom and seen I was in bed covered up and almost asleep. She kept asking me why I was staring at her, and I kept trying to tell her I've I've been in bed. Her older sister was lying in my bed, too, watching a show. She told her that I had been asleep and in bed. She was so tore up about it that she has been sleeping in her older sister's bed. I have to admit, it freaks me out, too. Has anybody else heard anything or experienced anything like this? We do not have any odd or spooky things happening in our house. It's a calm house, and we're a pretty happy family. She doesn't like ghosts or scary movies or shows, so she doesn't watch them. I'm not the type to make things up, so anyone? Ooh. I like that
1: you said we don't have anything spooky going on in our
0: house. Uh, yeah, you do. I was just like, the ganger rocking around. Right? Like, like how, how do you have the balls to say, oh, yeah, there's nothing weird going on in our house? You have someone <laughs> trying to be you and is crawling on their hands and feet staring at your child. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's all you need to know to know that place is spooky kooky ooky. Exactly. But yeah that was the I am telling you it's the crawling that always freaks me out the most.
1: The crawling. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think it's because it's kind of animalistic and threatening, so it's like like I'm coming for you.
0: That kid is traumatized <laughs> I don't for know life. How else to I'm it. traumatized for that kid.
1: Yeah. I would never trust my mother ever again. I'd be like, "Yeah, you were in my
0: room, mom. Stop lying." Oh hell no. Hell no. Oh my god, I need a shower. I'm like, my skin is so dry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, like, just keep itching myself. Do you ever, like, there. do you ever sit somewhere and then, like, you just start grabbing your boob out of nowhere? Do you ever just do that? Just like, oh. It's warm. It's very comforting. It's like, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, yeah, I'm just, I'm chilling here. And it's nice and warm, and I put my I hands in I saw this
1: thing, and it was, like, and it was, um, have you seen the Doja Cat video, Bitch on Macau? No,
0: but I love that song. It slaps.
1: Okay, so in the background, there's just this anime, like, woman in a bikini with these large boobs, and they're just bouncing around, and it's like these cartoon <laughs> boobs, and it's the weirdest thing in the world. And when you said boobs, that's what I thought of. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love how your mind I'm goes one way. I'm gonna send you a link to the video when we're done recording. No, I'm totally down to watch it. I actually like some of Doja Cat's songs. They're just catchy as hell. Get you in a good Wait, mood during the quarantine.
1: Cool? Okay. Didn't even notice. No punches left. you it. get to
0: keep, keep your it your focused. How did you say? Oh God, help me! I know. Okay. So messy. Sorry. It's my turn, right? Yeah, it's your turn. <laughs>
1: Okay, this one is called "I found a Ghost Picture on my phone. I made a reddit account so I can share my story stories with you and get rid of the chills once and for all. So this was back in September 2017. I was deleting pictures from the camera roll. My phone was at that time a Hu P10, which was released in March of that year. I didn't pronounce that right whatsoever. And that's when I ran into a pretty dim picture that was taken in May. Not thinking it was weird at all at first, I skipped it and didn't delete it, even though it was pretty faint and dark, thinking one of my little brothers was playing with my phone and took it by mistake. Later that night, I ran into it again. I had the feeling that there's something wrong, because the more I looked into it, the more I realized there's someone there. Who is that? All I can make out of it is a nightgown, of course. Of course. That's... And... And I can't even see it right. I downloaded a picture editing app and lighted the picture... It was the line picture editor, I think. And what I saw froze the blood in my veins. A woman with long black hair covering her face, arms, and chest, wearing a white, dirty nightgown, sitting in my bed. I got chills up to my spine because I had sleep paralysis about her. Um, I couldn't believe it. I showed it to my friends, and one of them said, My mom says it's bad luck to have it. She knows these things. I showed it to my mom, who had no clue about it at all. The phone ended up with my dad after a while, and I don't know if the picture is still there or not. I didn't figure out how it ended up being taken, and that's the end of the story. And in the comments, there was nothing, like, no picture. There's no edit yet of, you know, oh, hey, oh, hey, I found the picture. So I don't think we're ever going to get to see it, but still, that's spooky, gookie, gookie.
0: Well, hopefully we get to post a picture that we just got received to our email yesterday. I don't want to give it up too much unless we're able to definitely post it, but... It was a pretty freaky picture we got sent to us. Yeah, that was a fucking. I, picture. I can
1: vouch. I can vouch for that. It's pretty fucking scary. And just the like, we can't talk about it. Okay, your turn.
0: I just, yeah, I, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to get your hopes up, guys. Just in case I don't get permission to post it. But if you have paranormal photos that you want to send to us that we could post on our Instagram, you definitely could email us at
1: Justfullythinkspodcast at gmail dot com all right just really things podcast at (laughs) gmail.com
0: so my next story is titled truly the most terrifying experience i've ever had so one night my wife's son and i went to stay over my wife's parents house it had gotten dark and my son about two at the time got sleepy and i decided to put him to bed let me try to explain the room to you it's relevant for later So the door opens on the right side of the room. Immediately to your left is the light switch, and the queen-size bed is just beside that. It's a small room, just big enough for the bed, and enough room to walk around the bed. The wall in front of the bed has a window. To the left of the bed is a closet with those weird accordion doors. I'm laying in bed with the lights out with my son who's laying his head on my arm. He finally falls asleep, and I just lie there for a few minutes to make sure he's completely out. Then, out of nowhere, I get this horrible feeling, goosebumps, hair standing up on my neck and arms. It was such an evil feeling. Have you ever got goosebumps up your scalp where it just feels like your scalp is shrinking? I did that night. So bad, in fact, it literally felt like someone had a hand on my head squeezing it. I was genuinely scared. Not so much for me, but for my son. Somehow, I knew deep down if I turn away from my son, something bad will happen to him. I thought if I could turn on the light, I could grab my son and leave the room. So, where I was on the bed... I could barely touch the plastic bezel thing on the light switch. I was afraid to move because I knew if I did, whatever this thing is, it will get my son. His head was on my arm this whole time. So I finally chanced it. I jerked my arm out from my son and turned on the light. It honestly took a split second. When I turned back to grab him, he was at the bottom of the mattress, like something had pulled him from the top to the bottom in a split freaking second. And I know he didn't crawl down there because he was still fast asleep. So I grabbed him up and we left the room and slept in the front room that night. Something evil wanted my child. This is truly terrifying. Oh, boy. Okay. That's scary as hell. That house needs a good-ass cleanse and saging. Yes, exactly. Like, that... mm. Mm. like the fact that step one stage the house step two burn the house down just in case and always follow your intuition guys this is just another perfect story that if you feel like something's gonna go wrong it probably is so follow your gut (laughs) is this a positive podcast i'm just telling people if something if you think something bad's gonna happen it probably is so stick to your gut it's it's a realistic podcast I, i like it i like that okay i like that aspect we're a realistic podcast okay So what's your last story, Lil?
1: My last story is kind of similar to the one you told a little bit ago. It's called I Just Encountered My Mom's Doppelganger.
0: Okay.
1: Um, So in the middle of the quarantine, only mom can leave the house to buy food. And yesterday morning around 9 a.m., my mom said that she will be buying some food for lunch, and she said that she might go home late, and then she left. Or might get home late, and then she left. I was watching TV while eating breakfast, and 30 minutes later, I saw my mom enter the house empty-handed. I tried talking to her, but she just would not respond. She just continued walking until she entered her own bedroom. I just ignored it because I thought she was changing her clothes. And at around 11 a.m., my mom just arrived carrying some meat and vegetables that she just bought from the market, and I was really confused because I remember her coming home before. I explained to her about it, and she had no idea also. I let her enter her bedroom to see her doppelganger, but she saw nobody. There was no one in her bedroom, and also her bedroom stayed the same as after she left the house. This left her confused, and she said that I was just having hallucinations or just being crazy. The end.
0: That is so weird. And this just, in my head when you were telling the story, I was thinking, I feel like I've heard of experiences like this, but hear me out. What happens if you come face to face with your own doppelganger and you acknowledge that you are each other's doppelganger? What happens?
1: I have no idea. Probably the world explodes.
0: Right? Or like maybe you explode? Like that's, I just don't, I don't get it. Cause like, there can only be one. You fight to the death. <laughs> so, my last story, I just picked this for the last one because the title is weird. It's titled, I think I am haunting a ghost. Yeah, I think I am haunting a ghost. Not that a ghost is haunting me, that I am haunting a ghost. So, some background. I have a girlfriend, I will call her M in this post, and we were very close, but back in 2015, I left her to pursue an opportunity in my career in the army, which required moving very far away. It was a a once-in-a-lifetime chance, and I basically left her for it. She couldn't follow because she had just been accepted into her master's program, and her immigration status depended on her staying in school. (coughs) Excuse me. I never really thought about M until my most recent tour in Iraq, and I got in touch with her, but lots of the messages she, she sent were just nonsense. I contacted some of our old mutual friends, and they said she wasn't doing very well. One night, we had a bad attack on our camp, and I'd come close to dying, and I suffered a pretty bad concussion from the blast. I messaged her and told her that I was afraid. She messaged me back and said, I will always love you, and I will always be there for you. I never heard from Emma again. I found out months later that she killed herself the night she sent me that message, and it bothers me so much. Why would she say that and then kill herself? How could she always be there for me if she is dead? I have sometimes felt her presence or smelled her perfume randomly when I'm at home alone, and since the pandemic started, I'm almost always at home alone. She never really contacted me, but I could feel her presence when she comes to look in on me. I was mad, and I just wanted to speak with her, and I fixated on my desire to speak with her. So now, this is going forward to last night. Last night, I think I somehow crossed over when I was asleep, and I found myself in this place. It seemed like a normal town somewhere where there is palm trees, except everything was black and white and faded like an old photograph. The people who were there couldn't hear me when I spoke to them and I was screaming in their faces and they still couldn't hear or see me. And they would walk right through me like I was a ghost. Let me get some water. I'm parched. (laughs) Anyway, I need some tea. All right. I knew somehow that Em was there and I had to find her. Eventually, I went into this hotel, and she was standing behind the counter like she worked there. And when I walked into the lobby, she looked back at me and said my name and asked, What are you doing here? You aren't supposed to be here. Go back now. And I looked down, and my shadow somehow stood up out of the floor and grabbed me and pulled me down, and I sank into the floor. Then I woke up. When I woke up, I smelled her perfume again, but it was so strong, it was nauseating, and I felt absolutely shaken and bewildered. I am certain that what happened was real, and I also feel like I had been in a lot of danger somehow. Can someone offer me some guidance? Is there anyone out there that has been through something like this? I feel like I want to try to sever this connection that keeps us tied together, but at the same time, I want to hold on to it. Someone tell me what to do. So then he goes, edit. I think I'm going to have to go back to that place I was. I went last night because I just need to tell her I'm sorry. I want to tell her that I still love her, and leaving her was the biggest mistake of my life. I left the love of my life to go fight in a fucking war, and I had no business getting involved in. Edit 2. I'm going to take the time to reply to each and every one of you who took the time to reach out to me, but I need to do the dishes, clean my house, and go out for supplies. When I woke up this morning, I felt... Like, I was crazy and all alone, but you wonderful people have changed that. Thank you all so much. See, this is why I love the paranormal community. Oh, you guys are amazing. Just, like the, like just you know, being supportive of one another, especially with such a dark topic such as this. I mean, I can only imagine the survivor's guilt that this person is going through. Yeah, um, you know, absolutely. Being in a tour in Iraq, already seeing the crazy shit that this person was seeing in Iraq, and then leaving somebody to pursue what they wanted to in life, which is something that if you want to pursue something in your life, you need to do it, not have anyone hold you back. But to then yeah. know that this person killed themselves the same night that they reached out to you saying that they'll always be there for you, I can only imagine the psychological trauma this person's going through just thinking of the what-ifs. So... Um, it'd be interesting to kind of see what type of closure this person has if they do decide to visit that place that he last saw her in, her dream, in his dream. So. Uh, oh, I hope he does and he gets some closure. Yeah, definitely. Me too. Me too. But, um, all right, so that concludes this episode of Just Ghouly Things, the quarantine spooky story special, episode 42. Thank you, Boo Boothang, so much for listening. Um, If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars. Review us. Uh, The more rates and reviews we get, the higher up the charts we get. And if you guys haven't checked out our Instagram already, um, you'll see that we've posted that. In South Africa, at least, we're in uh, the top 40 for Apple Podcasts under comedy, which is crazy. So thank you guys so much for listening. Did not know we had a South African fan base, but shout out to you guys. Pretty awesome. Um, And let's get started with the... um, with the Instagram social media stuff. Ooh, yay. Okay. All right, ready? Born ready. All right. Follow us on Instagram at? Just Coolie Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and? At Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Coolie Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Ghouly Things Podcast Group. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience they'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at justghoulythinkspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, Boo Thangs, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Good Goodbye. Bye.